Today, today we're going to continue in our series that we started, I think, two weeks ago. This would be part three. Uh, we started a series called Toxic Emotions. And uh, how many of you know that when you are ruled by your emotions, it can get a little dicey in life? Uh, sometimes the worst decisions are made when we are ruled by our emotions. And so what we're doing is we're, we're looking through Scripture. Specifically, we're looking into some of the wisdom literature in the, in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, and, uh, and, and get gaining wisdom for how to deal with our toxic emotions. Now, I would encourage you throughout this series, if you, if you would like to kind of like get some of this wisdom uh, in you, to read the book of Proverbs. And tomorrow would be the perfect day to start. And here's why. You can read what we call the proverb of the day. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, and there can be up to 31 days in a month. Are there 31 days in May? Yeah, this is the perfect time to read Proverbs. So tomorrow's May 1st, so you could read Proverbs chapter 1. That's right. And, and then Proverbs chapter 2 on Tuesday. And Proverbs, if you've never read it, you might jump in and start reading it and be like maybe a little confused because Proverbs doesn't read like a narrative, doesn't read like a story, uh, it doesn't read like a book. Proverb reads like Twitter. It really does. Proverbs is, is short, wise sayings, and sometimes you'll get a couple verses that correlate, but sometimes they don't. It, they're short, wise sayings, and I think you'll find it very enriching to your life. We're going to look at some of those Proverbs again today as we continue in our series. But like I do, because uh, you know, statistics say that you'll only remember 4% of what I say uh, tomorrow, uh, but there are some things I can do to help you um, kind of retain more and more information. One of those things is if I repeat what I say a lot, if I repeat what I say a lot, and so uh, each week I like to do a little bit of a uh, review. So week one of Toxic Emotions, we talked about the emotion of anger. And uh, so we gave you some steps of how to deal with your anger. I don't think you need less anger. I just think you need to put anger in the right ways, right? And so number one, we said sometimes you just got to let it go. We don't let go of things enough. If you were to just choose to let go of 100% of all the things that annoy you for a whole year, you probably only regret that 2% of the time. We need to let a lot more things go. Two, you need to focus your anger on the right things. If you put your anger on the right things, you won't have the energy to be angry about stupid things. And the stupid things are what get people in trouble. And then three, before you get angry, you first need to make a decision that you're going to affirm a lot of truth in your life. Affirm all the truth that God has for you. A lot, like, like for instance, like, man, you know, Lord, you have been good to me. You know, you have provided for me. You know what, Lord, you, you, you have taken care of me. I, I'm thankful for my spouse and my children. I, I'm thankful for my job. And then after you get done having a lot of gratitude for what's true, then you might be able to take a deep breath and go, you know what, I'm not so mad after all. That's a really good thing. Uh, uh, number four, we said take the offense and the offender to the Lord. So, like, take that frustration you have and pray a real prayer. You remember David? You know, David's like, oh, he affirms all this truth. God, you're my protector, you're my this. And then he's like, God, I really want you to just break their jaws. Like, like knock out their teeth. And, uh, and, then, he, now, and then he got that out. 
He took that, the rawness of that like frustration and anger, he took it to the Lord and then he left it there. He didn't go break teeth and jaws, right? He left that with the Lord. And so it's a good reminder to remember that God is better at justice and righteousness than you. So take it to the Lord and leave it there. And last week we talked about jealousy. Jealousy. Jealousy makes normally reasonable people do harmful things. Like maybe you had a girlfriend key your car, or, or maybe, guys, uh, we just have this ability to take a perfectly healthy fist and hit a brick wall. Like, we're reasonable people, but jealousy stirs something up within us. We talked about how Cain and what he did to his brother Abel, these things. Uh, uh, number two, jealousy destroys your life from within. Proverbs says that it rots you from the bones. And, uh, and see, jealousy is a kind of anger. Anger is usually what we have when someone does something wrong. Jealousy is an anger we have when someone does something right. Moreover, when they are doing something better than you, that stirs up jealousy in us. So jealousy destroys you from within, and, and, but, and, but the root of jealousy is idolatry, is that we are putting significance in something that we wish we had more of, and we want that more than God. So we gotta, we gotta tear down the idol of jealousy in our lives and deal with it. And we talked about that last week. So if any of that sounds at all interesting, like I need to hear more of that, um, or maybe you're like, I know someone that needs to hear more of that. No, no, don't do that. We, we always listen to sermons for ourselves, not our spouses. I mean, our other people. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, all right. So today we're going to, anyway, if you want to get caught up, you can always get caught up. Newlifeforkokomo.org. All of our messages are archived there. All of our notes are online as well. Uh, so, but today, this one may not sound like an emotion, but I feel like it's too important to not discuss because when you read the book of Proverbs in May, like I asked you to, you're going you're gonna to see that a lot of Proverbs connect to this particular topic. There are emotions involved, but everybody has to deal with this at some point in their life. You have to have a strategy to win with this, or you will lose to this. And today we're going to talk about temptation. Temptation. Temptation is... Um, is a major thing that every human will struggle with. You know why? Because even Jesus had to face temptation. You're gonna have to face it too. Now today I'm gonna have uh, a little bit more notes than I usually would, because I like three things, don't I? Well today I'm gonna give you eight. (laughs) Okay, so uh, this is a great time to remind you that if you have the Bible app on your phone, and then on the Bible app, if you go to settings or whatever, I don't know what the button is, but if you go to events, um, then you can find New Life Church Kokomo. And every Sunday, all my notes on the screen you can have on your phone. And, uh, and then you can save them on Sunday onto your phone. And if you miss it on Sunday, uh, I think by Tuesday it's on our website. Okay, so this is a great time to remind you that I've got a lot of scripture. I have eight things to say, which means I need to get going. And then, uh, uh, so that might help you if, you if you see that in front of you. Temptation. Temptation tears people down. Tem- temptation will eat at you because temptation uh, in its definition is it's enticing. It is luring. It's, it's like tricking somebody into a trap. It entices them with, oh, it, like, like, like a trail of breadcrumbs for a critter to a trap is temptation. And, the, the, and this, this, whatever entices you or it somehow is it's appetizing your desires and, and you continue to follow that bread, 
crumb trail, eventually you end up in the trap of temptation. Temptation is a powerful tool that the enemy uses. Again, he tried to use it on Jesus because temptation eventually lures people in in one little step at a time it leads them to their ultimate demise. Temptation. Paul has a lot to say about temptation. The scripture has a lot to say about temptation. In America, in the culture that we live in, is oversaturated with temptation. Temptation is everywhere you look, everywhere you go. We are oversaturated with overindulgence. And ultimately, that's what the flesh wants, and that's what the enemy wants, is for you to overindulge in your vices, because to do so would lead to death, darkness, and decrease. And so, so we are oversaturated with overindulgence. It's everywhere we look in, in America, in our culture, not just in, our, in, our, in America, but like that's where we live, so let's contextualize it a little bit. But all around the world, it is everywhere. We are we are over-sexualized. You can't escape it. It's on billboards. It's on ads that you didn't ask for. It is everywhere. It's, it's, you can't walk through the mall without an over-sexualization of both men and women. America is full of not just over-sexualization, but overeating. And, and, and we make overeating like easy to do and, and cheap to do and and it becomes a vice for people. And I'm talking a little bit more about these vices in a moment. But also in America, we have, we're, again, we're oversaturated with overindulgence. And so America is full of overspending. Like these are temptations that you may not recognize are in your life, but they're real. Sexualization, uh, overeating, overspending, overstimulated, or being overscheduled. Temptation is always strongest when you're at your most vulnerable state. And this is when emotions really begin to come in because emotional vulnerability leads to people succumbing to their vices, falling to temptation instead of turning to virtues. We run the vices. And so when we are emotionally vulnerable, which means if when somebody is stressed, if somebody is angry, if someone faces disappointments, if someone is experiencing loneliness or failures, having anxiety, uh, feeling like just down and having low, a low self-esteem day, they fall to their vices to help pick them up. And so when we're emotionally vulnerable, we are vulnerable to temptation. And, and the moment that you, we can wake up to that reality and, and recognize where we are vulnerable, then we can build a plan to, in order to fight temptation in our lives. So, so uh, it's in these vulnerable, uh, emotionally vulnerable states that people succumb, they fall to temptation. In the stress and in the loneliness and the disappointment, the failures, the low self-esteem. And here, here are vices people fall to when they're stressed and just emotionally just unwell, unkept. And where you've just had a bad day or a bad week or a bad month. And we fall to vices like eating. Again, overeating. We fall to vices like addictive behaviors like smoking or, or drinking or consuming alcohol, consuming pornography, people having random hookups or, or shopping 
overspending. These are ways, these are vices that people have to deal with, with their emotional vulnerabilities. I'm just stressed, I need a drink. I've had just a crazy day, so I'm, I, it's just too easy to get on Amazon and start feeling some kind of satisfaction of spending money. Or, or, or some kind of like, because of this, uh, this stress or whatever, you end up wasting time and becoming lazy. These are, these are temptations people succumb to. Or in loneliness, or in, in disappointment, whatever it is, you know, turning to pornography to get that instant high, or whatever it may be, temptation is lurking around every corner. And it cannot be escaped. We need a plan to deal with these vices. So what ends up happening when, when people kind of depend on these vices when they're vulnerable, and when they succumb to temptation, what ends up happening is this is how people end up alcoholics. This is how people end up with various addictions in their life, whether it be drug use, pornography, uh, alcohol, smoking, or people end up with health issues because for too long that they're like, well, well I, just, I just need a 12-pack of Mountain Dew. Like, if you drink a 12-pack of Mountain Dew too often, like, it, you're, you're, it's going to hurt your body physically. And, and, and so you have, we have to see that, I, oh, I'm dealing with my stress by eating foods that aren't good for me, which just really perpetuates my stress and emotional issues. Uh, um, so this is how these problems begin to develop. These vices lead people to being deep and deeper and deeper in financial debt. Because their vice is, when I don't feel good about myself, let me just go buy something new. And it makes me feel good. And so there's a dependency on money or a dependency on fame, a dependency for significance. So we, we, we take the selfie, we post the selfie, or we, we're, going to, we're going to book the trip so we can take the picture from our trip and post it and see the likes and see the comments and, and feel good about our life for just a moment. I just need a moment to feel good. So I'm going to, I'm going to spend money I don't have just to feel a little bit better. I'm, going to, I'm just going to drink my sorrows away so I can just feel a little bit better. These are vices in our life. These, and it's succumbing to temptation is at its greatest when we are vulnerable and we are weak. But if we could become disciplined and instead of turning to vices, turning to virtue, that's when we can begin to deal with emotions and stress and loneliness and disappointment and our failures by then building a dependency on God instead of dependency on temptations in front of us, the temporary feel-goods. And so really to battle temptation, we have to build that strength in us that is a rooted in dependency on God and running to virtues. And so a lot of these things we talk about, a lot of these temptations that people run to, always, always, always leads to death, darkness, and decrease. If you keep running to pornography, it's going to lead to death, darkness, and decrease. If you keep running to the bottle, it's going to lead to death, darkness, and decrease. If you keep spending money you don't have, it's going to lead to deeper in debt, which is death, darkness, and decrease. But there are some virtues you can run to, and they're free. You can do them anywhere, in any time. And if you build those virtues in your life, you can fight temptation better and better and better. These virtues would include 
you know what? I'm having a stressful day. And so I am going to, I need to, uh, I, I need to fill myself up. I'm not going to go shopping. I'm not going to go online to websites. I am going to read the word of God and allow it to speak to me. And you're like, oh, that's a to- totally typical pastor thing to say. Well, sure, because, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a follower of Jesus. And the scripture is spiritual, and it can fill you up. Or, or if you're battling loneliness, and you're tempted to turn to vices, turn to a virtue, turn worship music on, and allow your, your mind and your spirit to connect to worship to God, and allow that to fill you up. You know, experience God in these ways. Worship through prayer, prayer, taking walks with God. If you are, if you are facing temptation, you know what you got to do? You got to leave your house. Go take a walk. Take a walk with God. Put your AirPods in. Put your headphones on. Turn on worship music and go take a walk out in nature with, and experience God and just get filled up and distract yourself. Get away from whatever is tempting you and, and, choose, and choose to walk with God. Another, another, thing you, another virtue you could utilize is fellowship with friends. Go fellowship with friends and get filled up. And, and you don't have to turn to the bottle. You don't have to turn to smoking. You don't have to turn to pornography. You don't have to turn to laziness. You, uh, you ha- have, a, have, a, have a fellowship of friends. Have some people in your corner and that you can rely on. Let's look at a Proverbs. Proverbs 4, 14 and 15 is what it says. It says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the ways of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. <laughs> go on your way. James chapter one, this is what it says. And when tempted, which means you will be, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires. You see, temptation is always is connected to desires. So desire for significance leads to pornography. Desire for, for fulfillment might lead to, might lead to overspending or, or overeating. Or, 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 you know, it's, there's desires. A desire to escape might lead to drinking. So it's our own evil desires. And listen to what it says. That we, it says we are, uh, but each person is simple when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. Dragged away. It sounds forceful and, it's, and, and, and enticed. Then... After desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when fully grown, gives birth to death. So when it comes to temptation, you cannot allow it to conceive. There's the desire, but after desire is conception. We cannot escape temptation completely. It's not like you can go to the mall and never see the over-sexualization of our society. It's not like you can be driving down the interstate and not see a billboard with, with inappropriate pictures. It's not like you, 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 you're going to see it, but you can't let what you see be conceived. It becomes conceived when we 
when we uh, dwell on it. If you dwell on it, it, then it conceives. And then as we continue dwelling, it gives birth. And when it's fully raised, that sin causes death. And it, someone told it to me like this one time, when it comes to lust and sexual thoughts, that the birds may land on the branches, but don't let them build nests. So you have to shoo them away. you got to shoo them away. So whatever you, the vice is in your life, the temptation that you succumb to, the temptation in front of you, you got to find, i got to shoo it away. So maybe you got to get some people in your life. Maybe you got to get the word of God in your life. Or, but you can, you can overcome temptation. It is when we're dragged away by our own evil desires. So I told you I had eight things today, so we're going to get cranking here. So, uh, so keep up with the professor today, okay? Uh, so overcoming temptation. Here, here's the first thing when it comes to overcoming temptation is you got to know the word. you got to know the word. So I, I, again, I'm going to give you eight things for overcoming temptation. I probably could have come up with more, but I feel like this is a really good start. You have to know the word. Now, like I told you, you're going to face temptation. Jesus faced temptation. And Jesus, after, the scripture says in Matthew 4, after he spent 40 days in the wilderness, after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, how many of you think that Jesus was at a vulnerable place? Because, hey, listen, I haven't eaten since last night. I'm going to be vulnerable here in about 30 minutes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Jesus fasts for 40 days, and the devil himself shows up in the wilderness and he says, hey, Jesus, if you're really the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Y'all know how I feel about bread. And Jesus' response was, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. What was his response? He said, it is written. Where? Where was it written? In the scripture, Jesus knew the word. So to overcome temptation, we, got, we have to know the word. Well, then Satan, the devil wasn't done then. Then the devil takes Jesus up to this really high point. And, and, he, and he tells Jesus, hey, throw yourself down from here. And then the devil says, for it is written, he will send his angels concerning you to, to keep your foot from striking the, the, the stone. So when the devil uses the word, it's still a lie. He's the fa- His language is lies. And Jesus responds by saying, it is written. This is what Jesus said. He said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So you've got to know the word better than the devil does. And then the devil offers Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor if Jesus would just bow and worship him. And Jesus says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So you have to know the word. you got to know the word. Now, if you are in the middle of the fight, and then you're like, oh shoot, I'm in the middle of temptation's fight. I need to know the word. It's a little late, buddy. <laughs> you got to know the word. All right. I want to show you what the Center for, for Bible Engagement Research says. 
And it might be small on the screen, but I'll, I'll read it well. This is what their research says. A lack of scriptural engagement produces several consequences. Disengagement from God's word has left American believers ignorant of basic Bible facts and truths, vulnerable to false teachings, and in many cases, spiritually immature. As our research has demonstrated, listen to this, those who read the Bible at least four times a week are less likely to engage in behaviors such as gambling, pornography, getting drunk, and sex outside of marriage. Four times a week. In summary, these analysis, analyses confirm what the Center, uh, Center for Biblical Engagement Research, and their initial research was Christ of, with Christ followers revealed a powerful relationship between engaging scripture at least four times a week and moral behavior. So if you have a regular diet of the word of God, the percentages of you winning over what's tempting you go through the roof. You got to know the word. But you can't respond like Jesus did with saying, it is written. You can't respond, it is written, if you haven't read it. I'm just trying to make this really plain and easy for you. <laughs> you can't say it is written if you haven't read it. So if you want to start somewhere, if you want to say, I want to start fighting temptation in my life. I'm sick of being in debt. I'm sick of overspending. I'm sick of drinking. I'm sick of pornography. I'm sick of feeling this. I'm sick of feeling whatever, whatever the vice is. If you want to start somewhere, four times a week. Four times. You know, you make it a part of your lunch break. Make it a part of how you start your day in the morning. Four times, and you, you will gradually grow your success rate over temptation. The second thing is this. So one is know the word. Two, it's really simple. Run! <laughs> Run away. Fast. Run. In the face of temptation, get out of dodge. If, if, it's because, if you're at home alone, get out of the house. If it's because you're at the bar, get out the bar. Get out. If you used to run around in places where, where you would trip up, don't go to those places. You're asking for trouble. We, I, mean, we, we, I remember as a youth pastor, we would tell young people all the time, listen, you have to burn that bridge. Yeah, but like, he keeps saying the right things. I keep going back to him. I'm like, you need to delete and block. He cannot text you anymore. He's trouble. You gotta burn the bridge and don't go back. Run. You have to run. This is what the scripture says, Proverbs 4. Remember, it says, Do not set forth, set foot on the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Run. Get away. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go, 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 run, 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 run. Get away. It is, it is that important to not be enticed into the trap 
that always leads to death, darkness, and decrease. You better run, dude. You better run. So run. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And people get this backwards. They submit themselves to their vices. And then they're saying, God, come near. No, first submit to God, turn to God, and then resist the devil. You gotta gotta run from that thing. You gotta get, get, get away. So overcoming temptation, know the word. Four times a week, engagement with the scripture increases your winning power. Number two, run stinking away, man. Number three, pray. Like, oh, that seems like such a Christian thing to say. Well, I didn't, I'm not saying it. Jesus said it in Luke 22, verse 40. Jesus said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Pray. Prayer always is about aligning our will to God's will. It's not so much about asking. Remember, Jesus says, and when you pray, don't go on babbling. And when you pray, I already know what you need before you ask. So then I'm like, well, if it's not about my words, if it's not about my needs, then what is prayer about? Prayer aligns us to the will of God. And prayer uh, uh, strengthens our spirit, and prayer weakens our flesh. Remember when the disciples had to fight some real demons? Like, Jesus, we couldn't do anything. He says, well, these only come out with prayer and fasting. So if you're fighting demons, if you're fighting temptation, it takes serious prayer and fasting. Because remember, prayer is always about connecting to God. Fasting is always about disconnecting from the world. Prayer and fasting. Prayer that, uh, uh, prayer that leads is different from prayer that lags. See, Jesus said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. That temptation is, is future Pray is present, temptation future. What happens is we're in temptation presently and we're like, I better start praying. But you got it backwards. Pray first. Prayer that leads is more powerful than prayer that lags because prayer will prepare you for when temptation comes. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. It prepares you to stand in the face of temptation. Just helping somebody, because we're going to go quick. Overcoming temptation. Know the word. Run, run, run away. Pray. And the fourth thing is you just have to make changes. You have to make changes in your life. Whatever that vice is, whatever, whatever that temptation you're succumbing to, you've you got to stop doing the same thing, expecting a different result. You've got to make a change. And Jesus speaks very, very clearly about these changes that you can make. This is what he says. Jesus says, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in their heart. Listen to what he says. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, and throw it away. 
it's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into the pit of hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body go into hell. So we're going to make an altar call right here, right now. And we have bone saws. You're like, what kind of church is this? We're serious about God. Well, obviously, Jesus is illustrating a truth here. Jesus is not saying, literally, to dismember yourself. But he is saying some things have to be cut away. You have to make changes. So what vices are you, are you fighting? What temptations are you struggling with? Make a change. Cut it off. That means stay off the internet. That means don't have alcohol in the house. That means cut up your credit cards. Get off social media. Change where you hang out or who you hang out with. Make a change. Cut it off. Because it's better to go through a temporary discomfort of saying no to something than to end up in the darkest place that these vices will lead to, which is death. It's a trap. It's a trap. So you have to make changes. So what changes can you make? What has to change? Overcoming temptation. Know the word. Run away. Pray. Make changes. And number five, strengthen your thoughts. Strengthen your thought life. Remember, desire, when conceived, leads to sin. And desire, when conceived, is desire that is uh, dwelt upon. When you dwell upon thoughts, when you dwell upon the thoughts of, of insignificance, then it leads to falling to vices. When you dwell on thoughts of what you've seen visually, it leads to lust and sin and death. When you dwell on thoughts of, of if I only just had that thing, I, 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 I think it would make my life easier if I could just... I, I, think, I think I would probably be more confident in myself if I, if I just went and bought these new clothes. But it's not going to solve your confidence problem. It's not going to solve your self-esteem problem. That's not the root. Uh, and so uh, you've got to strengthen your thought life. This is what Romans 12.2 says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. And so much temptation, that's what temptation's doing. Temptation's trying to conform to the world. So, so, so be over-sexualized, be, be over-indulging, take the trip, spend the money, get the dress, get the drink, this bud's for you, like conforming to the world. That's what temptation's trying to do, but, but the scriptures do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You see, if you conform to the world, you won't know the way. But if you're transformed by your mind, 
you'll see God's will. It is so much better to know God's will because it helps you turn away. Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about those things. So you might need to have some go-to thoughts. And I would, moreover, I would even say you need to have some go-to scriptures that you have memorized. That when temptation comes, and when, when you know that you could just go down the block to the liquor store, you're going to have some things planted in your mind that you're going to fix your mind on. You're going to fix your mind on that scripture. You're going, you're going to not dwell on it, but put your dependency on God. So overcoming temptation, I want to help you. Know the word. Run away. Pray. Make changes. Strengthen your thoughts. And number six, have some accountability. Have some accountability. So many people that like, like, you know what? I want to run a marathon. They always do better in training when they train with someone else. They, they always do better because they're, they're going to do it with somebody. And they're going to call them and be like, all right, we're going to go Tuesday morning. We're going to go run three miles. So like, okay. And then they wake up in the morning like, I do not want to go run. But I know that they're going to be there, and I can't let them down. And you know what they're thinking? I don't want to be there. But if I don't go, they're going to show up, and I'm going to let them down. Accountability. you got to have people in your life that you allow access to that are allowed to ask you questions that you have to be honest with. And that you can be honest with, without guilt and shame and, and, and being in some kind of trouble, but you can be real with and share your struggles with. This is why being in a life group is so important. James says it like this, James 5, 16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Do you have someone in your life you can go to? You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta begin to forge those kinds of relationships in your life to help you overcome temptation and your vices. So know the word, run away, pray, make changes, strengthen your thoughts, have accountability, and number seven, be disciplined. Be disciplined. I, I, I remember trying to like, I, I like, I'm like, Lord, I just want, I want you to do greater things in my life. Like, I, I want to I hear you more clearly. And then the Lord would be convicting me that I walked past a piece of trash coming out of Kroger. I'm like, really? That's what you want from me? He's like, yeah. I want you to be disciplined in doing what's right. I want you to be disciplined in little things. Because then you'll have the strength to be disciplined in the big things. And discipline is about consistency, which is why four times a week, those that engage with the Scripture have a much, much higher capacity for winning over vices in their life. Four times. It's a discipline. Proverbs says it like this. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sins hold them fast. Why? For lack of discipline, they will die. So be disciplined. They will die, led astray, by their own great folly or foolishness. 
it's foolish not to be disciplined. Build some disciplines in your life. Okay, here's the last one. Overcoming temptation. Remember, know the word. Run away. Pray. Make changes. You gotta cut some things away. Strengthen your thoughts. Have accountability. Be disciplined. And number eight, you can overcome temptation with God's help. With God's help. You see, when Jesus left, he did not leave us alone. He said, I'm sending one greater than myself. Wait for it. The gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and God gives us his Holy Spirit to empower us for, for the work of the Lord and to empower us. Now the Spirit of Christ lives in us. The same Spirit that, that, the same spirit that overcame sin, overcame death, overcame temptation in the wilderness. That's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And with God's help, he, he, he won't only forgive your sin, but he can take away your desire for it. Is the blood of Jesus not powerful enough? It is. He cannot just for, he can forgive your sin and he can heal you of your sin problem. This is what 1 Corinthians 10:13 says. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure under it. And for someone here today that's struggling with temptation, I want you to know that God has made a way for you to endure. You can endure. And the sin was such a problem and so painful that God literally did everything he could to rescue humanity from their brokenness. He sent his son Jesus and Jesus came, fully man, fully God. He lived the perfect life that you and I will never, ever be able to achieve. He was tempted, Scripture says, in every way. Even your way that you're tempted. Yeah, Jesus was tempted in that way. And yet, he never sinned. He was the perfect man. And then, Jesus chose to die a death Worthy of only criminals. Really deserve the death we deserved. And he died that death as a perfect man. He died a criminal's death, totally innocent, to pay a price so that you and I could be forgiven of our sin. And maybe sitting in the room today in this discussion of temptation just reminded you, and you're like, and it's made you feel shame and guilt because you know about all the times you gave in to temptation. And you're like, man, I'm just, if people knew, man, if people knew what I've succumbed to, they probably wouldn't look at me the same. Well, God knows, and he knew, and he still chose, he still chose to die for you. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we're sinners, he died for us. While you gave in to temptation, in the midst of your struggle, he says, I'll die for that. 
I'll die for that. So they can be forgiven. And then we're gonna, and then, then, then if they repent and they turn to me, God, we're gonna, we're gonna take all that and we're going to throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. We're gonna remove their sin as far as the east is from the west. I never really realized how far that was. And so one day I was looking at a globe. I was like, man, I wonder if someone could go from the North Pole all the way to the South Pole and all the way back around and reach the North Pole. That'd be neat. And then I realized, oh, North and South meet. And then if you go South, eventually you're going North. But if you go West, you'll never go East. And if you go East, you'll never go West. And then I was reminded of the scripture that he removed my sin as far as the east is from the west. I'll never have to deal with it again. He's forgiven it. That's how powerful the cross of Christ is. That it will forgive your secret moments, your secret sin. He'll forgive it. And then he'll provide you a way that you can live free from it the rest of your life. But you gotta be disciplined. You gotta be disciplined. He gives us the tools and the strength, and with God's help, you can. But maybe this morning, the first thing you need is you need forgiveness, which means you need to confess and repent. Repentance simply means that you're going to, you're going to turn away. So this morning, I think it's important that, that, that we just say, God, there's things that I'm struggling with, mistakes I've made maybe even in the last 24 hours and you'd be ashamed if you came up here and admitted it in front of us all but God sees it and I want you to know something even while we're sinners Christ died for us he died for the ungodly he died for me he died for you so let's start with confession and repentance and then have a plan in place to help build virtues in our life so we don't fall to the vices that are luring us. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I want to pray for you today. And really, I want to give you an opportunity to have a moment with God. Maybe you need to experience the forgiveness of God so that you can now walk in the strength of God and to fight temptation in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. If you're here today, you say, Devin, I've been struggling with areas of my life. You didn't even mention my struggle, but, I, but the Lord's showing me my struggle. Maybe you've struggled for years, maybe you've just been struggling this week. But if I ask you, right here in this moment, you can simply Go to God, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I have messed up. I have failed. I don't want this in my life anymore. And I'm going to run from it. And so, God, I need your help. Would you bring people into my life? Help me to be disciplined. I need to know the word. I need, I need to pray, but whatever. But right now, God, will you just forgive me? Give me a clean slate that I can start with today. You can pray that prayer.